Are you gonna tell me who this immortal was? Matlin. Peter Matlin. You know him. Well, by reputation, he is one treacherous son of a bitch. Was. You know, if you killed Matlin, that means that Curlo can't be far behind. Yeah, I know. I'm counting on it. Come on. Wiggle those toes. Wiggle, wiggle. Welcome to Highlander Rewatch. <laughs> wiggle, wiggle. The podcast where each and every week we take a look at another facet of the Highlander universe. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. And this week we are talking about season three, episode 10, Blackmail. But before we jump into that episode, we've got some reader mail to tackle. Hey, oh. Reader mail, which is it's listener mail. Yeah, we always call it reader mail, don't we? It's listener mail. Does Yeah, Kyle pointed that out, and now I can't not think about it. Thanks, Kyle. You're welcome. I like to give people brain splinters. That's kinda... <laughs> so we have a very dark email regarding the lamb. Would you Ooh. say it's a piece of, a, a piece of dark mail or blackmail? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is from Jill S., uh, so she says, she, <laughs> "What blackmail is she sending us? Uh, is Jill blackmailing us? Yes, yes. that's what this is. <laughs> she demands a hundred million dollars. <laughs> she says, i 'I'm a hundred percent with you.' Showing Kenny at the very start murdering the homeless guy for a sandwich was way too much, way too early. This is lamb mail. Lamb mail. <laughs> so anyway, she goes on to talk about how Miles Ferguson played the part really well. Uh, but then this is where it gets dark. While very little can possibly be known, Kenneth was a ten-year-old without family." Uh, or sponsor who would never look old. And he was a pretty child. Until he became dangerous himself, I assume that he was probably targeted by pedophiles. What? And other such scum. What, 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 uh, what, Used by people the way Felicia was used. Used by people as Axel used girls when he bored of them. Ah. Uh, Isn't that crazy? That is so dark. So this and- is implying there are immortals that took Kenny in to look after him, but then also sexually abused him. Wow, this is dark. I don't know. This co- I don't know, Joes. This is coming from a bad place. I don't like this. <laughs> food, for, food for thought. No, it's not. Do not think about it. <laughs> there is no reason to believe that's true. Or do we just assume that everyone in the show has been sexually assaulted because it is so cavalier about the subject? Cavalier. 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 Saint Cloud. That's right. I contacted Xavier. This is from our old pal Chip. By which I I assume that means Highway Patrol. (laughs) Hey guys, as always, I enjoyed listening to this episode and laughed out loud at some parts. I did have a couple of notes, though. Mm. I assume he wasn't laughing during these notes. (laughs) (laughs) Note one. In the beginning, I didn't get that Kenny, in quotes, killed the old guy. Merely Mm. knocked him out for the sandwich. Now, I understand hitting someone hard enough to knock them out uh, is a concussion, and left untreated, concussions can be fatal. Anyway, I took this as the old show movie where someone is hit with any type of object in the head and is simply knocked out. I thought that Kenny was just trying to survive and not evil. So the revelation still worked later. False. You're wrong. Well, <laughs> no, I, I mean, I don't no. think it's explicit that he killed him. I mean, we're implying that heavily also for humor because when you get hit in the head with a brick, that's, that's not bad. good. Yeah. That's bad. That's real bad. A, yeah, people getting hit in the head with a brick. Yeah, I have a lot of issues with that. Also, <laughs> yeah. like... 
I guess maybe they're tapping into a trope of people getting knocked out easily. But yeah. most of the time when people are getting knocked out easily, they aren't being, being hit with lethal weapons. It's like somebody being punched in the face and getting knocked out or getting like right. sapped with like um, a blackjack. Yeah, unless you're on Lost. <laughs> Go on. Just like every episode of Lost, somebody gets like savagely hit in the head with like the butt of a gun yeah. or like something and like it's a miracle none of them have brain damage well i think that's like a thing that movies and tv have like twisted us to think like that like getting knocked out first that's not easy to do like you don't bump your head and get knocked out but if you do get knocked out like you better go to the hospital because you may die like that like getting knocked out is not something that happens on a regular occurrence to anybody no unless you're underneath a coconut tree like james bond gets knocked out four times in every movie like yep. like that man his brain is gone <laughs> he's just drooling yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how his career ends into his martini but i guess it's like that's what it is pointing out fair enough that this is a trope but still ugh. also it's over a sandwich it's a for a bologna sandwich like the assault still makes you evil yeah. Like attacking someone for that little, you're a bad person. Yeah, it should at least be like a corned beef special. Yeah, yeah I mean, I will do like, un- ungodly things for like a pastrami on rye, but like. Yeah, uh, or a pastrami sandwich. Mm, yeah, now we're yeah. talking. All right, that was only the first point, though. This episode emphasizes the inconsistency with the buzz. buzz. For Kenny to be in striking distance before Ross felt it is just wrong. Dalman Ross. Del- Dalman Ross knew it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Third, I think Kenny's brain, parenthetical or intelligence, hmm. would be definitely progressed beyond 10 years old, a la Claudia from Interview with the Vampire. But I couldn't imagine how terrible it would be to be stuck at 10. Fair enough. I am curious that in 800 years, he hasn't figured out some kind of way to make money or protect himself. Like, I don't think Kenny would shy away from bending or breaking rules by using guns or other methods and then beheading his victims. Hmm. Thanks, Chip. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Chip. Yeah, thank you, Chip. Ooh, this is important. Oh. It was uh, sent from his iPhone. Okay, good. Uh, uh, so that's a bit of character building when it comes to Chip. Living the Chip's big on the move. Hey, Chip, yep. with your iPhone. Yeah. Bet it doesn't even have a cracked screen. Like mine. <laughs> Those are some interesting points. It is interesting that he's got 800 years to figure this out, and he doesn't, like, find some way to crack this nut. This is from Zach O. Hi, guys. First of all, the great cracker debate was amazing. I didn't realize I was going to spark such a heated discourse. He blew the lid off of that one with the better cheddars, though. Right. He did. did. Introduced us all to a whole new world. Well, I knew about that. A whole new cracker. (laughs) Okay, then. Zacho wrote that. (laughs) This episode was fucking terrible. (laughs) Oh, wow. He took that even further than we did. Because I think this is a beloved episode that we... Uh, No, I think this is a... People, it's a it's torn the community apart. Really? It's a divided episode. I think. Huh. Yeah. You think so? I do. Okay. There was some solid framework for an episode with the child immortal and room for a compelling antagonist. But everything with Kenny was utter shit to a degree that it ruined any merit this episode had. <laughs> wow. Seriously. One murdered can man out of five. <laughs> Thanks, Zacho. All right, guys. We're ready to talk about this week's episode. Yeah, yeah. All right, this is Season 3, Episode 10, Blackmail. This was first aired Monday, November 28th, 1994. This episode was directed by Paolo Barsman. He's back. He's back, baby. Uh, He's done a number of Highlander episodes before. He did Avenging Angel, uh, which we obviously had disagreeing opinions on. Uh, He did The Darkness, Legacy, Counterfeit. And I was looking into what he's been up to recently. He's directed a show called Killjoys, 
Uh, it seems to be a sci-fi show about three bounty hunters, but it also stars Rob Stewart, the guy who played Axel in Rite of Passage. Mm. So oh, nice. That was interesting. This episode was written by Maury Ravinsky. Ravinsky's back. Ravinsky's Revenge. This is the third of nine Highlander episodes. Uh, he wrote The Fighter, which was one of my personal favorites, uh, The Cross of St. Anthony, or That's Antoine. Antoine. Uh, <laughs> uh, and he wrote the TV movie Thunderpoint, starring Kyle MacLachlan. Oh. Which is like based on a bunch of books, I think. Like it's a series. Is it, is that the one where a bunch of like cats fly in like a like a plane and fight giant monsters? Is that that one? Oh no, that's SWAT cats. I was even trying to make a Thundercats reference, and I accidentally described SWAT cats. <laughs> God damn it! Uh, oh, the, the IMDb that was real sloppy. The IMDb description of uh, Thunderpoint is: Years after World War II, Hitler's deadly the Windsor Protocol turns up. This document shouldn't be in the wrong hands, so the British call upon. Uh, a smart criminal re- to retain it. There you go. A smart criminal? Yeah. So what? I guess Kyle what? McLaughlin is like a thief or something. Is it, is it an intelligent smart criminal? criminal. <laughs> smart criminal. Is that That's that Michael just... Jackson song? Yeah. A smart, smart criminal. This episode guest stars Brian Dinsmore as Robert Waverly. Uh, this guy has done like a shit ton of video game work. And his very first IMDb credit is a comedy called The Myth of the Male Orgasm. Yep. I wrote that down too. Isn't it Bruce Dinsmore? What I say, Brian. Yep, it's Bruce. Yep, <laughs> call me Bruce. Uh, Do you know what his name is in the myth of the male orgasm? No, Jimmy Ravinsky with an A instead of a U. Isn't that weird? That is weird. That's weird, huh? Weird coincidence. This episode Shadows. also stars Barbara Tyson as Barbara Waverly. She is the love interest in Ernest Goes to Jail. Ooh, beautiful. Yeah. Uh, which also has Randall Tex Cobb in it, which is in Line of Fire. Um, and she also stars in the Russell McKay movie, Resurrection. With which, Christopher Lambert. With Christopher Lambert, and which, which was written by Christopher Lambert. So we need to see that movie. What? Desperately. Yeah. Uh, wait, I just want to read the description for this movie real quick. Yeah. Chicago homicide detectives John Prudhomme and Andrew Andy Hollingsworth are assigned to investigate a gruesome murder and both become entangled in the plot of a serial killer whose goal is to recreate the body of Christ. There we go. 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, shit. A gentleman, 17%. <laughs> That's, That's right. awful. Yowza. Anyway, this episode also Internet stars trolls, Anthony DeLongis. Oh, uh, friend of the pod. That's right. If you haven't seen Anthony DeLongis' video he did with us, Crossing Swords, it's available on our Facebook page and available as a free podcast to listen to. Uh, Anthony is a swordmaster and whipmaster in his own right. Uh, oh, whipmaster. Uh, he plays Lyman Curlow in this episode. You might also know him. He was Blade in Masters of the Universe. Uh, he's like in the like the Red Dead Redemption games uh, as Marshall Lee. And then he is in another Highlander episode down the road, Duende, as a different character. Uh, but he's also been in Star Trek Voyager, and he's in the Jet Li movie Fearless in the opening sword fight, which is really cool, which he choreographed with Jet Li. Solid stuff. Jet Li. All right, guys. Just this don't go episode... Jet Li into that good night. <laughs> Are we ready to talk about the IMDb description of this episode? Born that way. A mortal lawyer named Robert Waverly videotapes Duncan beheading another immortal, then threatens Duncan with exposure unless Duncan kills Waverly's wife. Meanwhile, the cohort of an immortal who Duncan killed wants revenge. There's a lot of, like, describing who's mortal and immortal. Yeah. Why is it a mortal lawyer? I guess you do need to kind of specify. What if he, if he was an immortal lawyer, that would change the nature of their relationship. Because if he's immortal, he'll know why Duncan beheaded that guy. He's certainly yeah. an amoral lawyer. Hmm. That's true. I mean, that is true. <laughs> what were we tapping into there? The mortal? Moral? Mortal? Mortal? 
Immortal, amoral. Yeah, it's it's seamless. They are closely related. (laughs) Let's talk about how this episode opens. I love it. (laughs) Sex tape. So this Chris opens... Hulk Hogan in this though. <laughs> I don't really. I'm not into sex tapes that don't have sushi. Hulkamania. <laughs> Whoa, too much sushi, brother. All right. So this Ugh. episode opens with a dude like perving out, and he is having an affair, and he's videotaping this. First uh, off, rule one of having an affair: probably don't shouldn't videotape, don't videotape, videotape it. it. Yeah. Not a good move. What if you're drunk on your own power and an asshole? <laughs> That's probably what's go. happening here. Yeah. Uh, so How much does this camera have cost in 1994? It looks Ooh. like it's like kind of it's. It looks like a nice camera. Yeah. Well, he's a rich corporate lawyer. It's true. As we'll come to find out. I <laughs> really like the way this whole episode's shot. I like this opening scene. Like the sh- it's wide. They essentially do this thing where it's like it's like two shot, but they don't change the camera. Like it's a wide shot, and then the camera will pan over to the viewfinder of the camcorder and use that as the close up shot. Mm. I think that's really cool. Smart stuff. It is smart stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this girl, her name's Lisa. Robert's got a thing for her toes. They make out a bunch, and then he's just got to like split. Yeah, he's like, "Uh oh, time to go." I spent too much time, I guess, setting up the camera or whatever. Yeah, like, it's like I got to get the lighting right. <laughs> yeah, it's like, all right, we'll we'll set up this nice two shot here. We'll we'll get this whole thing going, but no time for the actual sexy time. Nope. So we cut outside. Robert's leaving, uh, and he hears like people sword fighting, and so he busts out his camera, and it's Mac fighting somebody. We later find out it's this guy Matlin. Mm-hmm. This is pretty cool, and he videotapes. The beheading. Yeah, and then you the, catches this uh, like amazing look on Mac's face when he realizes he's being filmed. Yeah, he's, he's just, just like, like oh shit. Also, this lawyer guy's such an asshole. Like he reveals that like his wife, he's like waiting for her to like inherit her trust fund or something yeah, like that. At she's thirty five. Yeah, and then also when she's like upset that she's the other woman, he's like, take a Prozac. Yeah, this guy. Yeah, this, guy sh- this guy's shit. Yeah, he's a real piece of shit. Max sees him, and I feel like he's trying to like get to him, but then yeah, he, he gets starts like walking quickening. right. Uh, so this guy hightails it out of there again. This is another perfect, uh, I think, teaser opening. Like this, yeah, you know, this could easily cut right there, go to credits. It's like, oh, this is going to be a cool episode. Does he see the quickening? Robbie I think yeah, it's definitely away. on video because uh, later yeah, there's lightning in uh, the video. Yeah, his wife watches it. So then we cut to Joe's bar, and Max shows up, and he flips a shit, and he's like, "Where is it?" Who's the guy following me? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Because he's a camerist now. Huh. He is like yelling at Joe at like a crazy. He's screaming. But Joe's like, my guys don't use cameras. So they decide they're going to do an old fashioned stakeout to go try to find this guy and confirm whether or not one of Joe's dudes was the one who was filming him. Yeah, because Joe wants to know just in case because he knows that's like breaking the rules. So he wants to stop him if he is. Yeah. So. We cut to Robert and his wife, Barbara, at their house. We've seen this house before. Anyone recognize this? Uh, no. This is uh, the Horn... Wait, what are they called? The Honiger's house. Oh. Oh, From the episode of Roddy Roddy Piper. Yeah, from Epitaph uh, for Tommy. Tommy. And also, this this is the house that I think is in The Flash, is Dr. Wells' house. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, we're back here again. So, I I mean, I guess this house has got some bad karma or something. Yeah. (laughs) It's full of rich assholes. Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. So... This is, I guess, early in the morning. Robert is, like, wrapping up the tape and putting it in a safe. Yeah. And his wife, Babs, comes in, and she's all upset. Were you with her? Yeah. And it's a super long shot. Like, the camera follows her all the way into the room for a long time, and this is a super long shot of the two of them. Yeah. And also, another thing I like, this, this, this episode is one of my favorite shot episodes that we've seen so far. Like, the camera also ha- hangs back, and, like, they're having an argument 
kind of in silhouette, and it's all wide. Like normally in a TV show, this would be like a shot reverse shot argument with lots of close ups. This just kind of this plays like very much like a movie, and it just kind of hangs back. It lets the action take place. Like all the the beats of it are really the actor's performance. There's no editing. It's good stuff. Robbie's like lying to his wife, <laughs> and then saying he's in danger. Which I guess isn't a lie. She's like, you're a corporate lawyer. Why could you be in danger? <laughs> like, he claims this because of a case he's working on. Right. He's right. like, I need you. I need your help. And they hug. He's still lying to her. Yeah. Yeah. And he's about to re- reveal himself to be especially deplorable. So, we cut to outside Lisa's apartment. And Joe and Mac are casing the place. And Mac is being, like, super sarcastic to Joe. I don't know if we want to listen to this clip. This is pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, Joe really needs to poop. Yeah. <laughs> It's pee. Nah, that's why he doesn't want to pee in a cup. Got to poop in a cup. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't want to poop in a cup. <laughs> ah, what do you want, nurse? Also, you talking about drinking coffee. Oh, uh, right. We all know coffee makes you poop. I'm tired, man. Have some coffee. Ah, it's cold. Besides, one more cup and I'll explode. In fact, I gotta go now. <laughs> Where am I gonna find a bathroom out here? Find a tree. Well, what if he comes out when I'm looking for a tree? Then use a cup. Ah, what are you, a nurse? <laughs> ah, so ah. What, what is Mac eating? Mac is eating I ferociously. Yeah. It looks like it's a, uh, uh, a styrofoam container of rice and hot dogs. That was my yeah. guess. Like chopped rice up hot dogs. hot dogs. <laughs> I'm guessing it's Chinese food. Maybe. Uh, also, so at this point, they're arguing. That they the car- are bickering in this, this whole episode. <laughs> yes. Like they're the odd couple. Mm-hmm. So Robert eventually drives up, and so Mac goes out to like check the license plate or whatever. Yeah. At which point, anyone notice that like Joe takes all of Mac's food and starts furiously eating it yeah. as well? <laughs> <laughs> also, the car is like shit covered now because like I guess the implication is that they've been there all night and they've just amassed like snack candy wrappers. <laughs> like all, and stuff. all they've done is eat it. I see you yeah. on smartphones. You're really bored. No one brought a book. There's just like yeah. cups everywhere, empty wrappers. I thought it was pretty funny. Or maybe, uh, whose car is it? Is it Max's car? He's yeah, the they're in the sheet. T-Bird. Maybe Max just sloppy. And he's like, don't poop in my car, Joe. Yeah. Whatever you do, <laughs> do not poop in my car. I don't get this part. Like, Mac gets out and Robbie sees him and like hides. Yeah. The- hides for like two minutes. I was trying to figure out exactly what was happening. Like, at first, I thought, like, Robert just ran around the corner and was like, I got away. Which, yeah. like, no, he he then is approaching his car. So I'm like, did yeah. he run around the block? Like, where did he go? I, yeah, I think he keeps going to, like, try to ditch Mac. and like, Or did he, he go inside the place and now he's I, – I, no, he didn't because he's He didn't go the inside direction. the place. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know, so but, it's, I guess he thinks he ditched Mac at some point. Yeah. Also, I think we skipped over a little scene where Joe and Mac are talking about Maitland. Yeah. That was the clip at the, the top of the episode right. where it's like, oh, if you killed Maitland – you know, his can't butt, be fine. Yeah. Or that, his BFF. That, yeah. Also, this was another scene I was like super impressed with. They're shooting this like kind of on the waterfront. It's the mat. It's like sunset during the scene. And it's like, what TV show shoots at sunset? The answer is zero. Like, this is like the magic hour. It's like you got like tops 45 minutes to shoot mm-hmm. the scene. Like, that's impressive. Maybe it was planned as a night shot and they got the shot done early. Like, if you don't have your lights all set up, like the whole night's fucked. Yeah. yeah I was it. impressed. Hey, Rewatchers! The Highlander Rewatch crew is going live this summer at the Philadelphia Podcast Festival on Sunday, July 16th at 7 p.m. at Tattooed Mom on South Street. Tattooed Moms is one of our favorite dive bars in town. Come join us, drink some beer, eat some pierogies, and participate in a live game show with your Rewatchers full of prizes, games, laughs, 
general frivolity. And we will also be selling our exclusive magnet sets there as well. You can buy them from us in person. You can also buy them on our Facebook site and Etsy store. That's right. So head on over to our Facebook page, Etsy page. We will see you on July 16th. So we get a flashback to England, 1805. A drunk Mac and his friend Johnny. Johnny, who's oh got a, an insane, insane voice. Uh, a yeah. real crazy voice. And <laughs> is all this 80-yard? Maybe. It felt unnatural to me. Yeah. Johnny's been, like, away for work or something? Or what? what is he away for? I think for? he was in the Navy or something. Yeah. yeah. Like, at war. They're talking a lot about, like, being at war. Yeah. In 1805 England. So, like, who are they fighting? The French. Max been looking in on Johnny's family for him while he has been away, and he's very appreciative. And that's pretty much all this flashback is. Yep, that's it. Like, yeah, they just like drunkenly stammer through the streets. He's like, "You got a family." The entire thing was just to tease that this drunken buddy has a family. Yes, and that Mac and likes him and their family. Yeah. Uh, so then we get a cut. Also, uh, when was Mac in Japan? He's got his katana for all this. Yeah, I he's can't already remember. Katana Mac. I don't remember. So don't he remember made it either. back by 1805. We, we're going to need to devote, I think, a special episode to the timeline. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> and just dissect it and research into worldwide modes of transportation. <laughs> yep, across time, the power of sail. <laughs> yeah, well, we're forgetting how strong a swimmer Mac is. Yeah, he's a very strong swimmer. You see, how, you see those muscles. Maybe he studies the tides and he just drowns himself and he's like, "Take me there." Yeah. <laughs> England bound. Ho! Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we cut, and now we're near a uh, riverbank, still in 1805, and we get two new characters. This is Matlin and uh, Littimore, or Lightymore, Littimore, I think that's his name, or Lattimore. Sorry, all the typos in my notes wow. makes it hard to pronounce <laughs> characters' names. Uh, so he's this young fellow who, I guess, is going off on an adventure to strike it rich. Yeah, he, like, stole some of his inheritance early because he's, like, the second son. Yeah, he wants to, like, prove his family wrong, I guess. Right. Yeah, and it's so obvious that this bald man is about to take him for everything he's worth because he's being, like, so overly nice to him. He's yeah. like, oh, of course, I understand. Oh, yeah, I'll postmark these letters. You don't even you. need to pay me to do all these things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like, okay. So Anthony Jelongis emerges. He's Curlo from the woods and just chokes this guy yep. out. <laughs> just chokes him way out. And, Eamon, we notice something. And this guy throws the letters away. He's like, oh, don't need these. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we notice something when he's getting choked. Oh, he, like, hits Anthony in the face? Yeah, it looks like this is, like, an accident. Like, the yeah. act just flailing around. And you can even audibly hear it. It's like, slap. Like, yeah. <laughs> he gets hit in the face. And Anthony looks like he flinches. Yeah, he's funny. like, ugh. Oh. <laughs> I guess that looks legit, though. Yeah. So yeah. they put him, They put the body in a boat and set it on fire. <laughs> Fucking yeah. Viking funeral. Yeah. Him. <laughs> well, he was a Viking by heritage, I think. So they burn this boat. And then I want to play this clip because you mentioned, Kyle, the crazy ADR of this character, Johnny. This character yelling, the boat's on fire, is one of the funniest things, I think, in this show. He's al- so alarmed Where's by the boat. the heart and the hands? <laughs> Can you see the boat's on fire? <laughs> Can you see the boat's on fire? It's the so boat. crazy. The boat. The boat is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to tell him? That you went to his place and lit him on fire? It's like, the, it's like a similar delivery. It is. This is crazy. So they catch this guy, Johnny, who I guess has seen them commit this crime. Kind of. He's just, all he's seen is that a boat is on fire. Yeah. yeah. And it's like already out at stream. It's like, can't you see it's on fire? It's like, yeah, but what do you, what do you want me to do about <laughs> right. it, old man? Like swim out? and Swim out to go yeah. put out yeah. this boat? boat yeah. That's like not ours. We're just here. This is a really confusing 
sequence of events. Yeah, so they yes. knock out Johnny, and, and then they plant, plant these the letters. letters on him. So yeah. they're tying this guy to the, the murder. Thus proving... Uh, yes, the silence is telling. I don't... <laughs> I guess then Nothing? the police or somebody finds him the next day. Like, it's unclear how he gets caught by the police and then somehow is like framed for this event by virtue of having these letters. Right. And I guess also by virtue of the fact that they know Lidymore's dead. How do they know that? Also, was exactly. Of- because why, why burn him unless people could not find the body? Yeah. Like that body is now at like the bottom of the river. Right. Wait, yeah. So, like, they, they concealed it, but then they unconcealed it? I don't is know. Is that their plan? Maybe. I don't understand. Maybe they're like, this is a better scheme. Let's drag the boat back. So what they so they give him the letters, and then they do go and put on the fire <laughs> in the boat. They're like, oh, that was a good idea, man. Let's go handle that. That's yeah, I mean, what happened. Yeah, this is very convoluted. Mm-hmm. I don't also, think they're they just letters. On this like, bad. why would he steal letters? Yeah, it's like, yeah, there's no money. money. No. Do they have any history? Is there anything to tie him to this really other than that he was also bludgeoned on the head and passed out near where a crime happened yeah like how did he if he killed and burned this guy why was he knocked out well that's how crimes used to be solved just whoever was nearest to the crime was guilty yeah well that's like (laughs) it's like astonishing how bad people used to be at solving crimes like astonishing because like there was no surveillance there was no street lights for the most part, unless somebody witnessed the crime happen and then say, like, said someone who did it, you would just get away with it. And if you just left town, no one would ever find you again. Yeah. Because nobody left their homes. So you just go, like, two towns over and, like, you might as well be on another planet. The so, good like, old days. Yeah. yeah. So it was like something like 10% of murders were solved back wow. in the day. <laughs> like, something absurdly low. So, like, maybe this is good enough. They're just like, oh, he's a guy. He's nearby. He's got letters that don't belong to him. We'll call it a day. So, back in the present, Mac catches up with Robert. Uh, And Robert, when he thinks he's escaped Mac, he's like, hasta la vista, pal. It's like, oh, boy. But Mac is Batmacking the shit out of this. This is amazing. I laughed so hard. (laughs) This is legitimately delightful. (laughs) So, Robert opens the door to his car, gets in. Mac is under the car, like slides himself over and grabs Robert like out of the car. He's like, ah! yeah, it's, it's amazing. This is nuts. As he's like going to shut the door. Yeah. It's like perfectly timed. Yeah. It's very good. Do we have a gif of that? Oh, yeah. Perfect. Uh, so <laughs> this is when Robert decides he can blackmail Mac. Mac is like, you don't know what you saw, blah, blah, blah. Robert says, he's like, I know the DA. Your ass is mine. Right. So he's like, I will expose this whole thing, blah, blah, blah. He'll send the tape to the 6 o'clock news. Right. So he tells him he wants him to kill his wife, and he's going to disarm the alarm. He's going to make sure the doors are unlocked. He lets him know. He's like, do it in the next two days, blah, blah, blah. Uh, And that's the deal. So he gives him the address. Oh, also, I want to point out, do you notice how he gives him the address? It's on the back of like like an 8 by 10 glossy photo. Like it's a large photo. It's it's not small. Did you have this in your like case the whole time? Like does he just carry around glossy photos of his wife like enlarged? Maybe. In Mm -hmm. case he needs to instruct someone on where to murder her. Yeah. Here you go. Well, thank you. Maybe he had this plan the whole time. Maybe he keeps that to remember who his wife is and to remember where he lives. So now we flash back again to 1805 in England, and Johnny's being taken away in chains, and the crowd's, like, throwing shit at him, yelling murderer. It's not looking good. So so many bales of cabbage thrown. So Mac kind of comes to talk to Johnny, and is like, Mac is committed to finding out whatever happened here. Yeah. This is the same, like, 
set. As the yeah, we're back said, at the, right? what are they called, Fantasy Gardens yeah. again. Right. Should we assume this is the same town? So, like, this town's justice system is insane. Like, yeah. they're burning witches. They're getting people that are just, like, knocked out by the river. Like, yeah. This is nuts. <laughs> well, this guy always seems like he's had, like, a trial or, like, has at least been found guilty. He, like, rots in jail for a period of time. Yeah. Like, he's not being burned for witchcraft. True. Also, he's accused of actually murdering someone, not, like... Made up cat shit. <laughs> made up cat shit. Johnny describes one of the killers. He's like, he's got like a streak of white hair. So that Ma- that's Mac's mission. He's going to go off looking for that. Mac takes some time to try to find these culprits and comes up empty handed. Yeah, he says he's been to like all the bars, all the inns, everywhere. Nobody has seen this person. So at some point, his buddy, who just, his buddy's just not a great actor, <laughs> who's accused of this crime. He, like, puts his hands on, like, these supposedly iron bars. They are so rubbery looking. <laughs> oh, really? He touches them and they, like, wiggle. Oh, <laughs> it's good. really good. It's like, whoa, you could just, you could just walk right out of here. Walk right on out. So we cut to the next day, and the jailer comes in, and he's letting Johnny he's out. He's letting Johnny out. He's like, and you it's find a big out, day. You think he's going to be put down. Executed, right. And it turns out he's letting him go. And he says, someone named McLeod, like we caught the culprit, they're going to be executed instead. And so and Johnny's like, what? I got the wrong man. No, blah, 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 blah. This scene is too long. Yeah. Also. Oh, it's very long. Also, we're, at some point, Mac comes to visit him. And it's like, oh, I'm going to get you out, blah, blah, blah. You've got a wife and family. Wife and family again. Max, like, time in jail is much less than Johnny's. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, well, don't, I, know, I don't know if Johnny ever had a trial or he was being kept in jail because while they figured this whole thing out. That was the impression I got because that's why Mac is just going to get put to death is because it's like, oh, you confessed? Okay. No, here we go. Yeah. Hmm. But he's getting led to the gallows. And so Johnny's insisting he didn't do it, blah, blah, blah. Max about to get hung. And then, out of nowhere, Curlo arrives on the scene. And Max is like, there's Lest, the real killer. Yeah. Lest you forget, Mac also gets thoroughly cabbaged. Yes. Yeah. Also, he's also getting so much cabbage. And his shirt, very dirty. There are, do you see the four children that are watching this? Like, they are, they have basically Jack Nicholson Lakers tickets to, <laughs> to, this, to hanging. this hanging. Like, they're up front, they're eating apples. Well, like, it's very morbid. Yeah, it's super morbid. Well, it's good old-fashioned hanging. You gotta... Get the excitement where you can. So then they do a weird, like, video effect where they do, like, a wipe on the screen. Yeah. You know, it's just, like, they but put the hood over yeah. his head. And so I guess then in post they decided, oh, like, this would be fun to see the, the hood go over his head. So they yeah. put, like, a black wipe on the screen. It's it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work out that well. Yeah. But Lyman Curlow and his buddy are just tickled pink by yeah. Max's execution. They, yep. this is, they just think this is so great. And so the guard kicks the barrel out from under Mac, and Mac is hanging there. And they, like, showed this on TV, which I was still kind of surprised like how many yeah. times has mac been hung on this show or Ooh. hanged on this show i mean mac is always hung on this show hey but <laughs> i mean he's that got f- that bomb d uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was hung in the season one episode uh with the with the homeless guy innocent man bum yeah fights. innocent man he was hanged in that one yeah <laughs> did you say bum fights <laughs> yeah in bum the episode he's also fights. hung in bum fights <laughs> the homeless man takes a bike chain and rigs an impromptu noose. We Wait, I watching... wanted to talk about the hanging for a second. Okay, sure, go ahead. The noose doesn't look like a properly tied noose. No, it doesn't. It has one knot. He's <laughs> <laughs> just going to fall. And well, then we botched it. It's you like, can go. That's the rule. If you botch a hanging, you're out. You're, you're free, not, you're free to true? go. Yeah, that's oh. the rules. Is it really? That's the old. That's no. in the Magna Carta. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the Magna Carta. Oh, we fucked it up. You're free to go. <laughs> yeah. 
It's in the magic. That should be allowed. Like they get three tries, and if they mess it up, you can go. They barely have that now. (laughs) That's true. The other thing is, in official, like officially sanctioned executions, do they really just like kick a barrel from under you? I could see that happening. I mean, I'd assume it's an official barrel. It's all pretty low tech. Seems very slipshod to me. What is this pedestrian a- hanging operation? At bare minimum, you gotta hang him from a tree on top of a horse and then throw a snake to scare the horse. <laughs> yeah, throw a snake. And if that particular horse isn't afraid of snakes, you're out of luck. You gotta let him go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Alright, so we cut back to the present and there's some static on the TV or whatever and Babs is watching the Sexy Time video. Yeah, and there's just like a gross teeth-licking episode going on. I'm just like, Ugh. Yeah, it's very strange because this woman, Barbara, sees Robert. Doesn't she see him put the tape into the safe or no? She sees yeah. him put something in the safe. Yeah, I so guess like, she has access to the safe. Yeah, that's that's what I'm, I guess I'm a little con- Like, I guess like, why he, would he put it there? Yeah, why would he put it there? Like, yeah. uh, Presumably he doesn't know that she can access the safe. Really? Yeah. How did she find out the combo? I don't know. She's smart. All right. She's well, a safe cracker. He obviously doesn't have a good memory because he has to write his address on the back of photos of his wife. He writes, so that, he for Max, has, he writes that for Max benefit. He has a picture of the safe. You're implying a lot, Kyle. <laughs> he has a picture of the safe. I think you even see him write it. Yeah. He has a picture of the safe with the combination written on the back of it. <laughs> That's how he remembers everything. That's right. With photos. It's like the it's like memento. memento. He's got Mementos. a tattoo. He's got a tattoo of her face with her name and her address yeah. <laughs> and who he asked to kill her. All right. So she's watching the sexy time video. She's looking very upset and she's about to turn it off and then all of a sudden psh, it cuts and Ching, it's ping, Yeah, ping. it's the sword fight and it's like, uh oh. So Mac, very good name. So Mac has snuck into the house. Yeah. And so as a diversion, he picks up a wine glass and like flicks it. I was like, what is this? He like this? dings it like he's got an announcement. Yeah. Mac's about to announce Make that he's pregnant. He's <laughs> toast, he's toasting to the video. Yeah. And so, then he flushes a toilet. Oh, does he? I thought yeah. he just had to poop. He's Maybe. like, dings the glass and he's like, oh, too much coffee. That coffee, yeah, yeah. got to him. Huh, Joe so Mac- the only, Joe's not the only one who has to explode. <laughs> So Mac takes a Duncan and then <laughs> sneaks out of the bathroom quick enough to retrieve the stolen tape. Right. And Babs is going around the house looking for him. Mm. Mac's trying to leave, and then he has kind of second thoughts, and yeah. he goes back to warn her, presumably. She has a gun. Yeah, now she has a gun. Which yeah. he does not do. Right. He fails to articulate the words that will say your husband is trying to kill you. Yeah. That's all, it's, that's all he had to say. Yep. Would have taken three seconds. Yeah, I was trying to go. He says a lot of words that are not those words. Yeah. Which so, is a, like a problem with Mac. <laughs> it's a problem with the show. It's a problem with Dolman Ross and the Lamb. Right. It, the entire thing would have been solved by him saying, oh, no, no, that kid's not a kid. Right. Oh, yeah. episode over. <laughs> Same thing here. Oh, your husband's trying to kill you. Oh. Anakin Emperor Palpatine is evil. <laughs> From my perspective, it's the Jedi who are evil. <laughs> there we go. So Mac runs out and he's like, brilliant. Uh, she shoots a Vaz, a perfectly oh, yeah. good Vaz. Yeah. Which I wonder, like, Robert must have noticed that a gun went off in the house, right? Or no? This is another Mac quickening scenario in Shadows. She probably cleans it up before he notices. Probably. Yeah, she gets the spackle guy to repel the bullet <laughs> yeah. hole in the wall real quick. Cleans up that vase. She's like, what happened to that vase? And he's like, don't worry about it, baby. So he's back 
at Joe's bar. Joe's like, oh, it's an awful pain in the ass. And your sense of honor gets in the way of like your own best interest. Like Joe seems impressed, if not a little annoyed at Mac's like sense of honor. It's an accurate statement. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is, you created a real headache for yourself here. You were out. Yeah. So Mac's like, I have to figure out a way to stop him. Joe wonders, how can he do that without killing him? Punching. He punching. sells a lot of things with punching. So we cut to Mac's office in the dojo. And Mac is like leaving Max a message. New, Mac's new hobby, playing darts. Yeah, yeah, playing darts. Yeah, in case you were wondering, Mac's a master dart player. Uh, also, has anyone noticed there are, I meant to mention this in the previous episode, there are also two battle axes hanging on yeah, the walls of the yeah. dojo. No, I did not notice yeah, that. They're yeah, they're like over near the office. And I was like, oh, did they replace the katanas with the axes? No, no. the katanas are still there, right? Yeah, yeah, but they're also just dual battle axes There's also on the wall. Uh, a painting of a motorcycle. Yeah. Which I, I noticed that. Appreciate. Very classy. Yes. Yeah, this is a real, real triple X chromosome situation. <laughs> so Robert comes in. How does Robert know who Duncan is? Very good question. Lexus Nexus? I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, Actually, what? that's a really good point. How did he find out who Duncan would be in the first place? Yeah. Maybe followed him. Did Duncan ever say his name? I don't think so. Who knows? I can't remember. Well, we'll assume he figured it out. He's a lawyer. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I, oh, I can read you. I've picked a bunch of juries. No, you haven't. No, you haven't, guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, all right, just, so, I'm just willing to say you haven't done that. All right. So Robert shows up. He's freaking out because Mac is like calling like and leaving messages at his office. He's yeah. like, you can't be calling my office. But then Robert like reveals he knows Mac has been to the house. And he utters the line, you went to the house. That's good. It shows commitment, initiative. But he didn't finish the job. It's like, what did you think he was there doing? Like, yeah. what in what world would Mac go to the house and then like be like, no, nah, I guess not, and leave? <laughs> like, does he think Mac chickened out? Probably not, because he thinks Mac's somebody who chops off people's heads, like as a, like as a hired assassin or something. Yeah, but maybe not women's heads. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like like he was in a a sword fight. He witnessed that guy doing that. Like, there's like a categorical difference between like. Let me go fight inter-gang violence. Like, let me go fight other gang members. And, like, let me go just assassinate, like, an innocent woman who I have no beef with because someone told me to. It's weird. So Max says he took the tape. It's gone. But then Robert pulls out a gun and threatens him more. He's like, I... Mac just looks so annoyed by this. Yeah, yeah I really like this interaction. Like, Max, Mac is like, is like this bullshit. Like, yeah. I'm immortal. You're a putz. Like, get out my face. I have a note here that the lighting in this episode is fantastic and the staging. Like, there's cool, like, upstage, backstage hmm. setting. Like, I think this episode is really top-notch. But then Mac gets the buzz. And so he can't really deal with Robert anymore because presumably Curlo's on the way. So Mac's like, I can't deal with this shit. And he, like, double punches <laughs> yeah, yeah. Robert, which is awesome. He does, like, these crazy flailing arm punches. Uh, and then he just drags him out of the side. This felt like something that would happen in Star Trek, the way he punches this guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is the kind of implausible way they fight there, but it's still awesome. It just knocks him out cold. Yeah, so he dumps in the alley. There's a bunch of cat. Oh, yeah, the cat sounds. <laughs> Slam the really cats funny. out like, there. The uh, so Curlo shows up, and they both do, like, cool sword flare things. Batman uh, was my friend. So the camera spins around Mac a couple times, and we get a dissolve into the past again. So Mac has, like, dug himself from a grave yeah, i guess i guess because yeah. he's a little dirty but not dirty enough not that dirty yeah so curlo and matlin just got are hanged, approaching. he's looking pretty decent yeah and so they decide they're gonna fight so curlo starts fighting with mac and what is the very first fucking move of this fight coat attack yeah immediately it's is it a coat attack or a cape attack uh, uh, cape attack. i guess it's a cape there's lots attack, of cape attacks but that's yeah. similar to a coat attack i like is his that like the upgraded version i don't know if it's an upgrade or a downgrade I don't know either. Mm. Write us question of the week. Yeah, cape, <laughs> cape versus coat. coat. 
His cape above or below coat. Yeah. Uh, so then they go through this like hunt through a hedge maze. Can we just talk for a second about the amazing hat throw that goes? Oh on yeah, here? we did not address this. Yeah. The also, hat like, throw is amazing. I gotta say, Curlo and Matlin do very little in this episode when the chips are down. They're not yeah. doing a lot. They don't get a lot of screen time either. No. But they build a lot of character pretty quickly. Yeah, they're with great these people. I mean, I think that says something about the actors themselves. Yeah. Also, just like the playfulness of them, and like this little this beat where Curlo throws the hat onto the tip of Mac's sword, and like Mac flicks it, and Matlin catches it, and the whole time Matlin is just like hanging in the background with like a shit eating grin yeah. on his face, <laughs> Joe eating grin, and he's just like <laughs> it gives these characters like a lot of flair with very little real estate. Mm-hmm. And without making them just, like, cartoonish, really. Yeah. And Curlo, the They're way great. Anthony DeLonges plays him, like, is extremely theatrical. Yeah. Like, I was like, what is this guy's job? A performer? Like, this guy is constantly doing cape flares and, yeah. like, kind of... It's br- all cape Kind of prancing around, and yeah. he's, like... I don't say goofy, but he's, like, really animated. Yeah. Uh, it's fun. Flamboyant. Yeah. This acting talent? Don't have to tell me. Uh, it's great. And then he gets into this shrub maze... Which and this uh, is pretty cool. I like it. I think it goes on a little long. Uh, yeah. yeah. They found a way to take something very cool and make it a little bit boring. Yeah. I wish like, it had just like more interesting music and was just like more yeah. suspenseful. Because I think this, I, I like the idea of them sneaking around. This is yeah. really neat. But And them getting separated. And there's like these overhead shots where you see them. They're actually very far away from each other at various points in this maze. Mm-hmm. So I had a few questions about this though. One, does Kerlo just trying to ditch him? What was the point of this? Why doesn't Curlo stay and finish the fight? Good question. I wondered that too. So I checked the script because at some point Curlo escapes this maze, yeah, just which seems like that's his there. intention. And he's like, what does he say? He says something like, when another we... time? Yeah, another, like, I'll pick the time and yeah. place. So in the cut dialogue at the beginning of this scene, it's revealed when they approach Mac, Matlin or Curlo says something like, oh, usually they stay dead longer. And so they were coming to dig Mac up and cut his head off. Mac woke up early. So, like, they weren't there for a fight. They were just there to take, like, an easy hit. Uh, gotcha. So, yeah. they didn't, they never wanted to fight Mac. No. So, that's why he That explains this. this a bit. It does explain it because it is a little confusing. It's like, wait, like, you picked the time and place. You did pick the time and place yeah. now at you, the hedge maze. Like, you came and found him. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mac didn't come and find you. Right. So, like, what's the point of this? Okay. That clarifies this a little bit because it's just odd. Yeah. It's just like he just, like, loses his interest and it's like, I'm out. Yeah. Fuck the it. other thing. Screw is, this. When Curlo, like, approaches mac at the dojo he says he's gotten a lot better since they last faced off so i wonder curlo is more confident in himself now right it also seems like we don't get to learn too much about matlin and curlo and they're like i would i would have actually liked to see more of them in another episode like a flashback with the two of them like i kind of get the impression that like it's like a brain and brawn situation with the two because like matlin kind of looks like a bald pirate man yeah and curlo is like this kind of well-dressed very flamboyant character uh so i kind of feel like they're running a scheme that way like maybe that's how they take heads together so also yeah, a reason like why that curlo guy. might not be the best swordsman mm-hmm. right I'm, I'm into it but it's fun and like this hedge mage fight is fun like i love when they're like stabbing and like flailing through the maze there's like a lot of good opportunities for interesting things here hedge mazes are creepy right yeah objectively they are creepy is that just because of the shining probably i think it's I think it it's is a little disconcerting rate. to be in a maze i mean yeah I guess they're, they're in some ways, in yeah, they're life. the only maze that exists, right? Like, other than getting, like, lost in a building. Yeah. We don't yeah, really consider they, that a maze. Like, they are the only maze. <laughs> they are the maze. A maze maze. Very good. So, Curlo in the present has got all the moves. He's definitely learned something, because what's his first fucking attack in this fight? 
Scarf attack. Scarf he uses attack, the yeah. scarf. So we should like so sword beats scarf because this doesn't work out too well. Coat beats sword. I don't know what pipe beats still. I have no idea what scarf could beat. It does seem like scarf beats every. I mean, coat beats everything. Yeah, I We've can't. Never seen coat I, versus pipe. I ooh, think pipe beats true. coat. Why? Because they're both improvisational attacks. Mm-hmm. So why should the pipe beat the coat? Because you're can't attacking... the coat cover the pipe? Mm-hmm. I mean, is the is the coat covering what makes it? Is that the source of its power? That's Not where like that's paper. how paper wins and rock paper scissors. Also, can't you put the pipe in the coat and make an even more powerful no. coat weapon? Well, you could no. do that with a sword, then, right? Sure, do that too. <laughs> <laughs> so the ultimate weapon is a sword, a coat covered sword. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or all that stuff wrapped up in the like a just a big coat pipe and sword in a bat. <laughs> 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 okay, so in the middle of the sword fight, Robert comes running in. Yeah. This is also funny because he does not seem to notice at all. Yeah, what's he doesn't out. care. Like, <laughs> He's like, guys, that's assault and battery. Blah blah blah. I could sue you. What's with the swords? Yeah. <laughs> like jerry seinfeld uh so curlo excuses himself and he says let's meet at the tunnels or whatever at midnight, midnight. the tunnels the okay tunnels. Yeah. Next, yeah, that's a well-known secret landmark is, yeah the tunnels but the tu- the tunnels are dope <laughs> the tunnels are awesome <laughs> they're great that's a great set shot piece. robbie is like hey you know what this is where i think he comes up with the idea of switching the murder switching right partners. yes yeah because yeah. he no longer has the leverage of the tape Right, right. So he's like, why don't I take care of this guy for you? And he has a gun, and he'll meet Curlo and take care of him, and Matt can still kill right. his wife. Also, this guy is terrible. He's, like, evil. And he's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, Max says, like, no, I'm not going to do that. You're in over your head. And he's like, I'm just going to go do it. Anyway. Yeah, he does. He's yeah. like, he does I'm going to uphold the, my end of the bargain. It's like, why? Why? He You're going to get nothing for it, maybe. He, he just said that he wasn't going to do it. And then you're going to come back and be like, I no longer have leverage over you. So so he goes to the tunnels. I picked a lot of Jerry's. <laughs> I'm a corporate lawyer. Send me your meeting minutes, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Slan, Sand, you've, uh, you're back. How's, how's uh, the city been treating you? Oh, it's great. Um, I went through a lot of alleyways, uh, open lots, big lots, if you will. Like the store? Mm-hmm. Okay. Sniffing around a dumpster. Ugh, that's, that's weird. weird. That's so yeah. weird. Why would you do that? I mean, I know Philly doesn't smell that great, but like, you don't have to go to the stores. Especially in the summer, man. Ooh. Oh, it's rough. Yeah. I, you don't have to tell us. That old uh, sewage system smells like hot trash. It does. Well, I thought Big Lots might have big dumpsters out back, too, so I thought I'd check it out. <laughs> okay, interesting. So were you in it for the Big Lots or for the Big Dumpsters? Mostly the Big Dumpsters. Catching out to see if there are any mice back there. Well, we Weird. just got, we've been That's recording, so we're in the middle of recording, uh, we were in the middle of recording the episode... Blackmail. I was actually in that episode. Were you? What did you where were you in that episode? Yeah. The part where Duncan throws Robbie out into the alleyway, uh-huh. and there's a there's a cat noise. You're making the cat noises? I made the cat noise. Interesting. Those yeah. things sound good, and now that w- w- we see you here, we know the sounds you tend to like to make. Yeah, they're very authentic. It's kind of an Easter egg for the fans. That's neat. Yeah, well, now, like, I'm sure a lot of people just got brought into that wide world. What was it like back there in that alleyway? It's very dirty. Even though it's a set? It's all dingy? Yeah, they, they threw actual trash back there. Ugh. That mm. seems disrespectful. No. <laughs> well, you know what's an interesting tidbit about the episode Blackmail? Did you know that was not the original title of the episode? I didn't. I didn't, I didn't either. Is this yeah. true? Uh, is this alternative facts? Or are you about to no, this is true. It originally was called Swords, Lies, and Videotape. 
Which oh. might have <laughs> been a better. Is that a pun on something that I'm not getting? Sex <laughs> lives and sex lives and videotapes. Which is a Steven Soderbergh movie, I believe. Yeah. Oh, I'm not familiar. You're a film buff, huh? A big fan of the work of Steven Soderbergh. Out of sight. Mm. The limey. That's a good one. That's a great one. Once I was in a bar and somebody asked for a green lemon instead of asking for a lime. Wow. A green lemon. A green is that lemon. a reference to that movie? Or is this just a fun anecdote just from your life? Just a fun aside. <laughs> I was surprised this person never heard of a lime before. That is very strange. Weren't joking. <laughs> they said, I want one of those green lemons. I really can't wrap my head around that. I don't either. Full food deserts. That's true. Philadelphia does have some food deserts. It's true. Were now, you in a food <laughs> desert when this happened? Yeah, I was, actually. This is in Brewery Town, Philadelphia. You really know the neighborhoods in Philly, don't you? Just I've been running around. <laughs> <laughs> also, you've been running, like, it is getting warm out in Philly. Like, you're still wearing your mask. Oof. Like, that's... <laughs> can't be good. It gets sweaty under there. I I'll bet. Tell you. It's got to be smelly, too. And I can't lick my own face. What? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you need to do that? Uh, I don't know. I just like to do it. Okay. You know, I don't... Keep clean. You know what I mean? I guess that's very strange. What slam. do you mean? I mean, like, just take a shower. Huh? Or have someone else lick your face. Oh. Nah, nah, I have my personal space. Okay. And the mask. And the mask. Yeah. I mean, like, do you need to take a shower or something? Nah, I'm a- I mean, no, no, he's not going to use my shower. I'm not letting Wait, slam not? the... No, I mean, no offense. No offense. I guess I'm I get it. I, I, was, I was out of line for offering. Oh, well, I've got a question, Slant. Since you were yes. hanging out in the alley mm-hmm. uh, on the set, uh, who were some of your favorite guest stars on the show? Oh, boy. Smooth transition. <laughs> I really was a fan of Joe Pantoliano. Oh, Joey Pants. Joey Pants? Yeah. One of my favorite actors. I loved his turn as Cypher in The Matrix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You a big Matrix fan? I love the Matrix, especially the sequels. Definitely. Oh, that's a controversial opinion. Mm-hmm. Keith, you're a big Matrix sequel guy. I do like the sequels. Oh, a kindred spirit. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> do you hear they're rebooting that? What? Yep. <laughs> With the Wachowski sisters? Yeah, I believe so. Wow. Yeah. I like Speed Racer also. I like that. I actually did like Speed Racer. That's a good movie, right? Yeah. I don't think that gets a good enough uh, shot. No, it's, it's like John people Goodman's forgot about a that. National Treasure. Oh, yeah. he's so good. So the entire Matrix reboot is actually just going to be about those Ghost Brothers, right? Yeah, Ghost oh. Bros. Ghost Bros. It's called. Yeah, it's just called Ghost Bros. Super Ghost Reloaded. Bros. Rebooted. <laughs> Rebooted. Rebooted. Matrix, Reloaded. The Matrix rebooted. That has to be the title, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Remember reboot. I, I do. do with They're also making a movie of that. Did you know that slam? No, I didn't. Yeah, no. apparently. One of my favorite animated series. Mm. From from the Highlander homeland of Canada. What? <laughs> slam, what is on the docket for tomorrow's excursions in Philadelphia? I'm interested in some yarn. Yarn? Hmm? Are you a knitter? Is that a neighborhood that I don't know about? No, like I yeah, want Northeast yarn. <laughs> Northeast yeah. yarn. I want to just get, get my paws on some yarn, as it were. As it were, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're speaking metaphorically, I'm assuming. And literally. Okay. That's <laughs> weird. That's what I'm going to do. You got a problem? Not really. Sounds like you do. <laughs> it's just he, kind of an odd thing. He just hates knitting. He's yeah, got, got I, a real Do you problem. like to knit? Is that why? I'm no. assuming you just knit. I just want to play with some yarn. All right. Well, that, ball. All right. Now I'm on key side a little bit. That is this a little is, weird. It's a strange vacation you're having. It's a strange condition. I guess so. This day and age. Yeah. Well, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> you really do know a lot about pop culture slam. Oh, I keep my finger on the pulse. Yeah, it sounds like it. Metaphorical finger. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so the fingers are metaphorical. <laughs> yep. But not the yarn. Well, nope. I think we've got it. Well, we got to get back to work, Slan. So okay. we will talk to you hopefully soon. Yeah, Come back tomorrow really- and tell us uh, 
how your day in the city with the yarn is, I guess. And we really want to hear about your upcoming projects. I'm yeah. sure for a, a man of your immense talents and like stage chewing abilities, there's some amazing stuff coming up. So we should really unpack that. You know it, baby. All right. Well, you know, good luck in the city. Slam. I know we wasted all our time so far talking to you about the Matrix <laughs> reboot, but like we'll get to it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks for joining us, Lynn. Bye. Bye. <laughs> All right, so we cut to the railroad tunnel. The railroad, railroad. <laughs> Sorry, guys. railroad tunnel. The railroad. All right, so this is cool looking. It's foggy lighting. This is great. This, the tunnel awesome. is super tall. Yeah. yeah. Bit of world building is this tunnel connected to the mysterious train depot and the cross of Saint Antoine? Ooh. Or the train in Saving Grace? Or no, that was in Europe. That Never was in Paris. Mind. Yeah. Do we know fun. why the tunnel is so tall? Are the trains in this universe? tall they're all triple decker. <laughs> they're all triple decker trains triple just decker a trains. question to throw out there guys yeah. we've really thought I think about that's it. what it is mm-hmm. yeah tall trains robert shows up with his gun mm-hmm. to take care of curlo i thought curlo had a funny line here he's like oh this is the first time i've ever seen a lawyer need a gun to rob somebody anything like that kyle I take offense to that <laughs> <laughs> and the general negative depiction of lawyers in this yeah uh so this so- guy's a real scumbag though so, so yeah. he shoots curlo he's like who what made you think i'm gonna rob you right uh, so then Robert goes to check his pulse to make sure, I guess, the job is done. No Curlo dice. wakes up. Yep. And chokes him out. Chokes him out. Why doesn't he hang around then? For Mac? Yeah. Mac so, eventually shows up and discovers the body. Exactly. So here's a, another weird, like, this episode has, like, weird, like, this whole B-plot is strangely lost. Whatever the B the plot is. The actual blackmailing? Yeah, like, the, well, no, the, the blackmailing, blackmailing is the A, is the a plot, plot, right? Because it's the name of the fucking episode. The, the Curlo <laughs> thing is the thing that is, like, kind of just thrown in there. Like, I don't know. Is the part that's fun. And maybe. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, Not maybe. In the next scene, Mac shows up, finds the body, and then leaves. And it's like, okay. Uh, in the script, apparently, it would seem that Curlo has called the police. And so I think they're supposed to... why? Well, that's why Mac leaves. In the script, he's supposed to hear the sirens approaching and bail. I think they're trying to draw a parallel between Curlo setting up Johnny in the past for a crime. And it's like, ooh, I have the opportunity to do it again. I'm going to set up Mac. Mm. I think that's what's supposed supposed to have happened. And so all that gets lost. Yeah, it just doesn't make much sense. Because, I mean, that at least makes the flashback make more sense, too. It's like, what's the, what's the point of all of that? Other than we just met the met character Curlo. for the first time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's I mean a, it was bad. I, that, I mean, that's a confusing thing about, like, what's the A plot versus what's the B plot. If the plot is about, this guy tried to stitch up my friend and he hanged me, so I'm out, like, so Mac is out to get him. Like, if that's the plot of these, this episode, it all makes perfect sense. Yeah. If the real plot of this episode is this stupid blackmailing plot, then it's like, this is all, like, weird window dressing that's that's better than the window right yeah so it's it's strange so we cut to joe's bar and mac is worried because if they the police find out whose body that is they're gonna ask the wife what's going on the wife is gonna mention that duncan was there yeah and that she saw a tape of him decapitating yeah and so it's like he's gonna he's worried he's gonna have to like split town and it's like this is the end of duncan mcleod so not good joe is like i'm gonna fix this Uh, i don't know how i'm gonna fix it they have like a real bro moment joe gets really upset about this whole thing yeah Yeah, he does does. i know i didn't help you that much on this stakeout but (laughs) i'll help you now edit poop sitch poop sitch uh i have a joke here that poop sitch everybody poop sitch (laughs) we cut Joe and Mac are driving to Bab's house. Mac's only plan, he's like, I guess we just tell her the truth. And that's how we're going to work out of this. Uh, they get to the house. Mac gets the buzz. Uh-oh. Curlo is already inside. And he's got Babs blindfolded. For why? This is very creepy. Well, it's creepy. And then I don't know what the point of him coming there is. 
Well, I mean, I guess he assumed maybe Duncan would show up. That's why. But he has a hostage, and he gives her up instantly. It's like, why have a hostage? Yeah. yeah. Like the, it's, it seems like all Kerwo wants to do, all he wants to do is come here and fight Mac. Mac yeah. also just wants to fight Kerlo. So there's like a lot of extra things that go on. Like they both want the exact same thing, which is just to well, fucking well, fight. Well, also, we, this is something we didn't mention earlier when in our opening clip where Joe tells Mac that like, hey, if you killed Matlin, Kerlo will be close behind. Mac goes, I'm counting on it. It's like, Mac, what are you doing? Like, what is this game you're playing? Like, no, I think the thing I thought this entire time is Mac went after these guys. Like, he knows that they are evil immortals. They came to his town, and he's like, oh. I guess so. Like, these guys have it coming. I'm going to... I'm gonna stop. This is guys. just a this is just a Mac we don't ever see that like he hunts yeah. somebody down. Like, well, like, right? Oh, he totally goes after. I think he goes after people who have wronged him in the past. Like these guys are murderers. Who did who, he like, go after before? Him. He goes after Sheriff Bad Guy. He goes after yeah. Like that he, guy did not want to have a a real fight with McLeod. Oh, but, but it's because he killed, he killed Lucas, his friend. He killed Lucas Desiree, so he goes after him. That's like, true. When he encounters these evil immortals, he has no qualms with fighting them. That's true. And it seems like that's what he and Connor like trained to do. It's definitely Connor's like goal. Yeah, is to actually actively hunt. Like I don't think Matt goes like around the world looking for fights but if these people are come to his town he's definitely gonna throw down with them i think that's totally fine and in, in keeping with this character yeah i guess so but like they just don't mm. explore it all right so they start fighting uh and i had a note here that you know curlo is gonna lose this fight because what's curlo's first move in this fight he takes his coat off and he throws it on the ground. Oh, See, move, Delongis. Every time he I has thought you were a sword master. Yep, you start with the coat fight. He's a sword master. A He's coat. a whip master. He's not a coat master. They call him the should... coat master. <laughs> That's a he does chop really it. stupid SNL joke. <laughs> He chops the TV in half. Interesting behind-the-scenes stories from F. Ron McAsh. Well, this is the first time F. Ron, Swordmaster, and fellow Crossing Swords panel participant uh had worked with anthony and he said it was a real treat because since they're both swords masters like they got to work on the fight together and they almost treated it like it was a real sword fight it's like if i do this move what would you do and they treated it like a conversation so they would kind of workshop these together but then when they got on the set i guess the producer told them that the tv has been rigged and the bookshelf has been rigged to break apart you have to use those because we've paid for them already and so they had to kind of like change up the fight just a little bit to incorporate the TV and this bookshelf to get hit by the swords, which I thought was kind of funny. That is funny. Yeah. Um, but also like the jar of beans that has to explode. Yeah. <laughs> also, apparently they had to be extremely careful. Those uh, windows? Those windows were worth like a million dollars a piece, and they're all like hand etched windows with like they, they seem to have like native american like totems on yeah them it's stuff. like a super pacific northwest looking yeah thing. Yeah. yeah uh so they had to be very careful working around those. i was actually nervous watching the fight because i was like are they gonna break those windows also why film your fight in there <laughs> i don't know <laughs> you have access to one and exactly one mansion and there's no <laughs> yeah. rowdy roddy piper this time yeah so the fight eventually works its way outside near the pool this is all super rad. Then this fight a, is awesome. They do yeah. a crazy move that I a think a series of crazy moves uh, where like the swords cross and arms cross, and Anthony Delon just gets like somersaulted into yeah. the pool. This is awesome, and he spins so fast. Yeah. It is like oh, he like does like a seven twenty when he hits the pool. Yeah, I'd also have to imagine that was a one take thing. I mean, they could have done it again, new wardrobe, dry off. Yeah, but that's rough. 
don't yeah. know. It's this really cool. So you can tell they both know what they're doing, and it's yeah. awesome. I don't know. Everything Delon just does just has like so much flair to it. Mm-hmm. He's like constantly doing all these like little flourishes, and it's like consistent with the character we saw in the past of him being like this snidely whiplashy, yeah. <laughs> like cape yeah. twirling guy. Yeah, the style of sword fighting is really interesting. Like it's it's very broad and deliberate, and it's very th- the whole thing. It reeks of this is stage fighting. Like yeah. yeah, all the moves are really big, so you can like really tell what's going on. Uh, it's theatrical. And yeah. it's Matt gets the upper hand because Delon just is in the pool and he gets him like kind of when he's he's got I guess he's like Anakin Skywalker. I've got the high ground. There you go. (laughs) So Mac takes his head while he's like in the pool. Yeah. uh, While he's trying to make his way out. And then there's like a bunch of blood in the pool, which I was like, ooh, look at that. That was cool. And And then the quickening, which is eh, okay. Blows some lamps up. (laughs) Yeah, there's some more flower pot exploding. Lots of flower pots exploding. Yeah. Yeah. He just like stands between a bunch of flower pots as they all get smoked. (laughs) So the denouement of the episode, we're back in the office in the dojo. Mac is back to throwing darts. This time seated. Yeah. Seated, yeah. Seated darts. Pro move. Yeah. It's like Richie throwing the cards into the hat. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, Just call him Gambit. So Joe comes in with Babs. I guess she's very thankful that they saved her life. Yeah. And Joe's like, and destroyed you forgot about home. the tape and all that stuff? What tape or whatever? It's like, yeah. all right, like that's how she's this She's totally is- on board, apparently. She definitely did not call the cops after that. Very neat. Yeah, this is such like a I I've written, it's like a cop out ending. Like they My just, favorite Kevin Smith movie? Yeah, mine too. Um they just, <laughs> What movie? Cop, cop out? out? Oh, cop out. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's favorite Kevin Smith movie? Yep. She asked Mac like what's the deal with like the headless bodies and the swords and all this shit? And he goes, "It would be easier if you didn't know." And she's just like, "Okay." okay. And it's like, "What the f-? Like, like what a cop out. Like yeah. that's not how this works." Maybe she's just afraid her head is going to get chopped Maybe. off. So he's like I'm out of this. Uh, and then Joe is kind of funny because he's like, oh, well, maybe you got, still got the tape. Maybe it'll be good since, you know, it's around. We'll keep it. He's like, hey, you can have whatever's on the tape. Yeah. He erased it. Yeah, this this is like played like it's for laughs, but it's not funny. Like, I don't think it's like there's no punchline, really. But they are all acting like this is really funny. Yeah, he's like, oh, you erased it, you son of a bitch. Like, it's like, yep, I guess so. Like, it's... Ha! 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 It's like, what is... I wonder if this ending was, like, tacked on. Like, if they felt like they didn't know what the ending was going to be. Like, it was like, oh, and then she leaves, and that's the end of the episode. It's like, well, this doesn't feel punchy enough or whatever. And it's like, oh, let's add a joke about the tape or... Let's add 40 seconds of bullshit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Give Mac an excuse to throw more darts at a board from a prone position. There we go. Prone position. Prune this position. day and age. That's what Joe was in earlier. Read any good news on the newspaper page. <laughs> Love and tradition of the grand design. Some people say it's even harder to find. <laughs> but there must be some magic brew inside these gentle walls. I don't know the rest. Very good. So that's the end of the episode. Everywhere. You look good. The end of the episode, guys. Uh, so let's talk about it. Uh, I've got a little trivia on the episode. So that fight uh, at the end near the pool, that took two days to film. Damn. Whoa. That's crazy for a show like this where... They got a seven-day turnaround. Especially because we just watched the episode Shadows, and there were five sword fights in that yeah. episode. They were practically doing one sword fight a day. And yeah. in this one, the basic, like, the one sword fight at the end took two whole days. It was a pretty rad sword fight, it though. It definitely was. It's one of the best we've seen, I would venture. All right, so what, what are our thoughts on this episode? Let's talk. I really enjoy this episode, but it should be better than it is. Like, the A-plot is dumb. I like the idea of a mortal, like, witnessing 
yeah. this world they shouldn't see and like using it as leverage. But it's like the lawyer guy is like a joke character and he's like meant to be like funny. If he was more threatening, I think it would be better. Like also, a little more Mac sinister. He uses his plan instantly. Yeah. Mac immediately yeah, so he's not gets really... the tape. Immediately. So and I... then he's just like still in the episode for reasons. And it's yeah. distracting from this part that's actually fun about Lyman Curlow and well, Matlin. That was yeah. one thing I thought about this episode that's interesting. Like, this seems like a really straight ahead Highlander episode. It's like, it does kind of feel like a villain of the week. Like, there's this Curlow character. He's in town. I got to get him. All of that on its own is totally straight ahead. And I kind of like the idea of this blackmail plot. Like, this, this episode almost doesn't have a B plot, it almost has two A plots. And I like the idea of like, let's just throw a wrench into the normal episode which is somebody keeps like fucking with it like and he keeps popping up and it's like it is a pain in the ass and it's dangerous and blah 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 i think having him be more threatening than goofy would definitely help this episode because it's not much of a threat as you said like the situation is kind of diffused over and over again and it just seems to draw away from the curlo plot but yeah i I do kind of like the idea of like a monkey wrench getting thrown in the works Right. That does, like, change it up from the Freak of the Week kind of format. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it also introduces some tonal kind of problems. Because sometimes this lawyer guy is so dark, but other times this entire episode is, like, super light and fun. Yeah. Like, Curlo and Matlin are fun villains. There are moments where this lawyer guy is, like, a fun buffoon. But then he also, like, turns it on and is super sinister sometimes. Yeah. And it's just like, well, what am I... And the entire plot with Duncan literally getting himself hanged is really dark. They show Duncan hanging in, like, like a wide shot. Yeah. Like, at first they just show his legs there. I'm like, okay. And then they cut back. It's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, like, these creepy children with box seats to his execution. Like, there are these really dark moments that, like, it's like, okay, is this a light episode or is this really twisted? Also, no Richie. Yeah, yeah Richie, Richie. I feel like if this is a light episode, Richie could have introduced some fun ingredients to this whole thing. Maybe. Well, Richie's the guy that maybe should have gotten caught. Ooh. Like, because he's the guy who's maybe a little careless and somebody, mm. he lets somebody see them. Who knows how it could go? I mean, I don't mind that Richie's not in this episode. It's not awful. No. It does but also, seem like... Joe being in this episode is also kind of meh. It's kind of jokey because, like, yeah. he's just there to make jokes about peeing in a cup. Right. Excuse yeah. me, pooping in a cup. His, his participation is kind of not needed, other than to just say it wasn't the Watchers. Right. Which is fine. We knew that anyway, because we knew it's his lawyer guy. Yeah. So it's not like there's some mystery. Like, is it the Watchers? Is it something else? Like, Yeah, if we did get the entire opening shot of, like, this guy just fucking around. Right. Literally fucking around. Or Joe's teaming up with another Watcher. And maybe, like, a Watcher dropped some evidence, and this guy found it. And maybe both Duncan and the Watchers are after this guy, trying to tie up the loose ends. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, this is close to being an awesome episode, I think. The episode... Instead, it lands in very good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This episode just could have had Carlo and Matlin and not had the blackmail thing at all. It would have given more the more screen is... time for Carlo and Matlin to be more interesting characters. Right. And I don't know. We're going to play soon a clip from the uh, executive script coordinator. They, I guess, were asked while they were filming this to change the episode so Carlo does not die. Because they were like, Anthony DeLongis is great. Let's bring him back. The writers decided no because they didn't think curla was a good character and they were just like this character like they did not know who was going to be playing this character so they kind of wrote two generic immortals to be villains because there was going to be this blackmail plot that was supposed to be the main thing they'd also finally realized that they can't do an episode without a sword fight in it they were worried about it being like the immortal of the week as being a bad thing they tried to get away from it and they were like this isn't an exciting show so now they're trying to get back into getting more immortals in it and more sword fights but they introduced this blackmail plot to kind of 
balance it so it's not just a freak of the week sort of thing? It definitely suffers from the fact that they didn't know what they had. Yeah. Curlo could have been generic and pointless, but it reads, it pops in this episode. I think largely because of the longest and like what he brings to the table. If the performances from him and Matlin had been flatter, yeah, I could see why they'd say screw it. But even but- if they were kind of flat, but they knew what they had now, it's like even if they did a flashback episode or kept Curlo alive, it's like, well... Now make them really amazing characters. It's like you almost fill in the blanks in your head. Like Now make them kiss. Yeah. <laughs> but if they were amazing characters in a second episode, I think you would kind of forget that they maybe weren't that interesting this time around. Should we play a little game? What, 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 what time is it? it? Game time. Game time. So this is a new game that I want to test on you guys. I had an idea to call it Watch Your Tube, and I'm going to use... Three YouTube comments, and you two have to try to guess what episode of Highlander. Oh, this is good. This is a great idea. I'm super pumped. Uh, I tried to pick the third one will be the one that you will definitely know what episode it is. Let's see how this goes. Is this The comment's just like, I love the zone. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, are we uh, trying to guess at the exact same time? Yeah, or? like if you if you get so who the episode, just shout it out, and whoever shouts it out first will win. Okay. All right. So round one, the first comment. If you get the DVD sets for each season, check out the Chronicle portion. They're an interesting read, even if you don't totally agree they're canon. Any guesses? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, write a passage. No. Second clue. VHS. Blast from the past, LOL. Jesus Christ. Sounds like a game I would do. Yeah. <laughs> 16th century. <laughs> Sword and sorcery. Any guesses? Sorcery. You always say sorcery. Do I? Yeah. Uh, Philly accent. Any guesses? Is that how we say? No, no. VHS, okay. lol. I the beholder. No. All right. Third clue. Pretty good episode. That guy he fought and killed in the end looked like Anthony Delongis to me. Blackmail. Well, blackmail. Yep. Kyle got it. <laughs> that guy looked like Anthony Delongis? Yep. It says it in the goddamn credits. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the opening credits say, like, guest starring Anthony Delongis. Uh-huh. Oh, YouTube commenters. And VHS man. Blast from the Past was uh, in reference to the blackmail tape. Um, the first one was total bullshit. The first one was <laughs> a good. clue from the IMDb game. Round two, are you guys ready? <laughs> clue number one. I love the velvet outfit. Ooh. Farrah's daughter? Nope. Good guess. Keith, do you have a guess? I, don't have a guess. I am Duncan McLeod. Who are you? Beethoven the Immortal. Any guesses? Hang on. This isn't The Gathering. No. Clue number three. Look where Garrick's sword laid on the shadows. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what makes him Beethoven the Immortal? I guess because he's playing the piano. You got it. That is so sloppy, YouTube <laughs> wow. commenter. Beethoven the Immortal. Yeah, all right. So, why does Garrick make it? Does Garrick make him play the piano? Is that a projection? Ooh, that's a good thing we didn't talk about. What the? He's fuck? playing the piano because of the projections, right? Yeah, yeah. and he's the like, first time it's in the dream, but this, the dream. Yeah, but he doesn't know how to play the piano. But in Garrick's studio, Garrick's playing classical music. Is it by the same composer? I am not one hundred percent sure. He's playing like an opera or something. But mm. there's a very good chance it's Beethoven. Hmm. Mm. Round number. That is a very subtle clue. Then it is. What's the velvet outfit? I don't. Know. I think they're referring to the the cape, the Nazgul, maybe. Oh, what? It's not no, velvet. No. I just thought that was a funny comment. 
All right. Bruno. Round number three. <laughs> this is fun. I so want to throw that doctor over my kitchen table and slam in the pork. <laughs> whoa. Whoa. Fuck that. Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. You read it again. <laughs> <laughs> I so want to throw that doctor over my kitchen table and slam in the pork. That is I hate that person so much. The revolutionary? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, that doctor. <laughs> Clue number two. Slam <laughs> What a piece of... All right, so that guy's a piece of shit. Yep. Sigh. A friend is still a friend, even if he, she, what nuts are drug addict, and poor dear Duncan have to kill them. How many his immortal courage. friends? Yep, yeah. courage. Good job. The third clue is Cullen is the James Franco of Highlander. <laughs> That's good. Fair enough. I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, good. Pineapple Express? He looks oh. kind of like James Franco in Pineapple Express. All right, sure. Kyle has two points, That's and good. Keith has one point. Slam the, in the pork. Slam That's, the pork. That's so fucked up. Slam the pork. <laughs> Slam the pork. Slam the cat's big brother. Yeah. <laughs> you say big brother or big brother? <laughs> big. <laughs> nice. Round number four. What a hot couple are Duncan and Amanda. They look perfect immortals. Lady and the Tiger? Nope. A Return of Amanda. Time. Nope. More fascinating <laughs> and intriguing than Duncan Tessa. Well, there's only so many we can guess. Yeah. It's true. Cross of St. Nope. Antoine? Yes. There we go. What uh, are the other clues? <laughs> that would suck. Suck is spelt S-U-K. Very good. To be electrocuted. Electrocuted is E-L-E-C-T-R-I-C-U-T-E-D. <laughs> Every time you take somebody's head, I've been electrified several times, and it ain't no fun. Wow. All right. It's the, it's the fourth one. I'd really like to take this cross of St. Antoine and <laughs> slam it. Pork. <laughs> it is pig related. I really like this episode, except why does Durgan make pig noises? I know he's greedy and that's his thing, but that's kind of Narmi. The man literally oinks. I don't know what Narmi means. He doesn't make pig noises, does he? He makes a raptor noise. Yeah, he makes a raptor. Like, like, you know what a raptor sounds like. I do not think he sounds like a pig. Is that the idea? Either. I, ugh, Duncan calls him a pig. I mean, I guess that would be more interesting if they made a pig sounds, because he does call him a pig and blah, blah, blah. But there we go. He just, <laughs> he just winks around the whole time. <laughs> the entire fight is just... This just is, eats a bunch of acorns and shit. Yeah. This is for all the marbles. Okay. You guys are tied now. Ooh, yeah. this is it. Sun death. Great show. Great lesson. You can't be a thirsty simp this day and age. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either. Any guesses? Either. Thirsty simp. Wow. Uh, I guess warmonger. Nope. All right. I don't Any know. guess? Nope. Clue the second. Back in my day, you could buy a child for less than the price of a pig, Richie. The lamb? Nope. Obsession. Yes. Shit. Keith wins. Hey, I just heard child and guessed. So what's the third clue? I did not not notice the flashback mania when I first saw it years ago. A very interesting episode, though. A very primal instinct that I think we all have from time to time. Obsession. Whoa. Uh, Oh, it says the word obsession. Okay. What a game finally. Keith is the winner. Very rare occurrence. Yay. Yay. Well, uh, before we give our final thoughts on this episode, I thought we'd take a little bit of a listen, just a little bit of a listen, uh, a listen to um, Jillian Horvath, uh, who's the executive script coordinator Hmm. on Highlander. The truth was the character of Curla was not interesting enough to us to leave him alive and bring him back. He was a pretty stock evil immortal. So David Abramowitz 
answered Adrian Paul. He said, let's bring him back with a different mustache, a different look, a different accent, and have the same actor play a different character. And we put his name on a list that we had in the kitchen of actors that we were planning to have on the show. We also had a list in the kitchen that we called the hot list, which was a list of lines that we never wanted to hear on the show again. We never wanted to put them in a script again. We had, I don't think so. We had, it's nice. what we do. We had, it's who we are. And nice. we tried to avoid letting Duncan say those things because they had become the cliches of the show. We have sort of as a standard response, most mortals who discover immortality, a watcher comes along and recruits them to the watcher cause, which I sort of suspect is what happened with Waverly's wife when the episode was over, was that Joe came along and said, I got a job for you now that you know the truth. Uh, so do we have any final thoughts on this episode? I liked it. Not a home run, but a pretty darn good episode. Yeah. Yes. I, I think for an Immortal of the Week sort of episode that doesn't have like, uh, there's like no moral question in this. There's mm. kind of nothing very thematic going on. Like you could watch this episode not knowing much about the show and I yeah. think be satisfied. Yeah, it's pretty good. All right. So let's rate this. How many uh, Misty Pools out of five would you give this? Right? Is Misty Pool a person or just the pool that Curlo <laughs> flips in? She's one it. of the tapes in the safe. Misty Pool. Misty yeah. Pool. Yeah. Misty Pool. <laughs> I don't know. I'll give this three. Three Misty Pools. Three. How many uh, Throne Top Hats? Ooh, I give this 3.5 Throne Top Hats. This is one that gets like a huge style points from me. Again, like it's some of the best shooting we've seen. It's the, the, the flashbacks are pretty great in terms of the costuming and the look of them. Big points for Anthony Delongis and that freaking sweet flip into the pool. Serious minuses, though, for kind of lack of a moral question confusion between the a and b plots but that being said had a really fun time seeing this one this one gets a lot of points for pure fun yeah definitely mr Eamon, I how am, many uh little piggies little wiggly toes would you give this <laughs> i'm also gonna say three and a half three and a half yeah because of how cool anthony delongis is yeah i, I actually want to mention i give this three i think i would give this three but it's a must see which is a weird, like, this isn't one of my, like, top picks, but if I was giving somebody, like, the DVDs to watch, it was like, what episodes should you watch this season? I would probably still put this in, like, it's like, you should watch this episode. It's not one of the best, but it's like... Was Shadows a must-see? I think so, yeah. Must-see TV. DVD TV. Anthony D. Longis. Now we're talking, guys. All right, next week, join us for season three, episode 11. Vendetta. TV for Vendetta. Now we're talking. There we go. DVD for Vendetta. DVD. Nope. <laughs> Don't worry about it, guys. I feel like you nailed it the first time with like TV for Vendetta. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's a good one. Yeah, that works. I wanted and to keep going. Did you try to build on it and it just, you know. That's okay. Well done. You're welcome, everyone. Join us next week. I already said all that part. I've been one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Bye. Bye. Also, I, I don't want to gloss over my my final note on Joe really needing to poop and like all the coffee cups. Uh, I just wrote two cups, one Joe. <laughs> Go ahead. A literal cup of Joe. Yeah. Oh, that's what it would be. Yes, yeah. that's what it would be. <laughs> on a lot of levels. The coffee's Joe. He's Joe. The poop is also Joe. <laughs> two Joes, one Joe. <laughs>